The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 611, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we promise to talk to you about PlayStation at least 25% of the time. I'm joined this week by Max Scoville. Hey. Lucy O'Brien. Hello. And Tom. Oh, man. I have so many guesses that I've already done, but I don't remember any. Rutabaga. Rutabaga Marks. Nope. Darn. Would be a nice callback. I was, that was close, actually though, probably. Yeah. Uh, for everyone who listened to the E3 Spectacular, that would have been a very <laughs> uh, wonderful guess. The anyway, long con I was playing. Of course. Um, sadly, it wasn't. We'll find out one day. But, uh, of course, we're not here just to talk about Tom's middle name. We are here to talk about the world of PlayStation. And there's not been a lot of news in the world of PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> so... I thought we could go back into a little bit more discussion of PlayStation 5. Obviously, there was a lot to unpack last week. Lucy and myself were not there, so you got to hear. I just want you to know that you're, you're only going to get partial credit for it because you were absent last week. I, that's, that's fair. Is, you did a is, wonderful this job. This makeup PlayStation 5 discussion. <laughs> <laughs> this is our summer school. Uh, thank you, by the way, Max, for hosting last week. Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I thought it was great. It was good to have me back. I really missed me. I did, too. I'm just kidding. I hated hosting uh, it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to have you still on the show. Yeah. Well, I know it's I honestly I was saying this to you, but like if you if you want people to really appreciate you as a host, all you have to do is just stop doing it for a year and then come back. I once. did notice the number of like ugh Jonathan comments. It like thank God Jonathan isn't here, like really went up. It was like, oh boy. People. Also, please don't do that. It's awful and rude. Just <laughs> yeah, stop I mean, doing that. I get it. Like I get, you know, this whole like Oh, they just got rid of Lucy. Like, I understand you feel that way. And I'm so, so sorry. But unfortunately, I'm back. Much like (laughs) Nack, Lucy is back. Uh, But no, of course, I thought we could talk about PS5 specifically to tie into a feature that I've been writing Mm -hmm. that uh, Lucy dutifully asked me to write. Uh, And we'll be up on the site as you are listening or watching this episode. So go to IGN.com to read all of that. But I thought we could talk a little bit about... PlayStation 5 launch games. Uh, way, like, I think a year ago or so, we get, came up with like a wish list, but it basically was just like, hey, we want a bunch of PlayStation sequels. So I thought <laughs> we could expand out from that. I have put together a list of games, I think, both a little bit wish listy and also like common sense what we'll see next year. So, what I want to do was one, hear from all of you about what you think may launch, and two, throw out my suggestions and see how likely or unlikely you think they are. Or, or are we going to rock, paper, scissors to what? see who goes No, I know. I'm just excited. Oh. I'm excited. Oh, that's so you excited. just started punching your hand. Yeah, okay. so I want to, like, you know, <laughs> get into it. I want to, like, I th- I think crunch, was... the, crunch the numbers and wax lyrical. I've just, yeah, I mean, this is a very exciting topic. Like, there are so many games that, um, I mean, launch, lo- the interesting thing is launch games are never traditionally super memorable. Recently. That's definitely in the past. Recently. Yeah. But in, yeah, in the past they have been. Yeah. And that's why I'm always a bit like trepidatious when it comes to sort of like saying what I want, you know, the games that I want to see at launch because it's like, oh, I would prefer them to kind of like um, explore the technology more and I would prefer to see it, you know, once it's really, the console is really singing at the top of its lungs. But at the same time, I'm really, really greedy. So yeah. let me hear what you have to say. So, yeah, on that note, the weirdest thing to me is, like, I think the best launch of anything in recent years has been Apple Arcade. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, true. console launches have not been historically the best in recent years. I'm hoping this one could change, even though 2020 is already so stacked. But anyway, let me go into some of my recommendations or suggestions for what I think will come out. 
and hear what you guys think. I think one of the most obvious ones is going to be the new Assassin's Creed. Uh, Ubisoft skipped a mainline Assassin's Creed this year, instead opting to focus on Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC. They've said they don't want it to be an annual franchise anymore. That said, every other year still kind of makes sense for them, especially there were some hints in the game of maybe leading toward a Viking Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed. So that seems to be the direction they're going. It is like undoubtedly one of, if not Ubisoft's biggest franchises. Black Flag was a really big launch game that was cross-gen last generation. I feel like it totally makes sense that Assassin's Creed Vikings is going to come, whatever it's called, at the launch of the PS5 and Scarlet, but we're not talking about that here. Uh, mostly because... One, these are now these really big, ambitious, open-world RPGs that are so about, like, showing off this beautiful environment, having really complex, like, AI working in the background of the NPCs that you're interacting with, having a lot more systems involved. And I think the idea of, like, showing what new gen can do with all that, this seems like an obvious candidate. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I think that's a good bet. But also, that seems like one of those launch games to me that would be Maybe a launch title, but also would still have to come out for PS4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? It would yeah. be one of those cross launch titles, um, which are not uncommon. It it's just really it, it's always interesting when that happens though, because I feel like those games can't always take advantage of what next gen can do right out the gate, right? Because they have to cater to two different systems. And it'll be also interesting if we just get different like if we just get different versions of those games we're at the point now in where it's not impossible to make an assassin's creed vikings game that just is better on a next gen system has more has a patch that just adds more despite being the same game whether it's you know obviously things like load times will be better just naturally but like you were saying like maybe they do a patch for next gen systems for a game like this that allows more NPCs to be on screen or allows them to take advantage of some of these other things uh, in a way that we haven't... I feel like we haven't really seen that happen with gen like cross-gen games before, where, you know, Destiny 1, I think it was, went to both systems, and it was like, you know... And that I don't know if that was a launch game. I don't remember the timing of that, but, like, it was basically the same game. It was just, like, a little bit nicer looking, and ran a little bit better on modern stuff. And... Yeah, I'd love to see a, a company kind of break out of that, and I think Assassin's Creed potentially is a really good candidate for that. You don't think they'll just black flag it? I don't know. I mean, I think they could. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the sad. I mean, I, you know, I say this with absolute adoration for that game. Because yeah, what was remarkable about that game was the game itself. It wasn't necessarily that it was uh, stretching, you know, the Xbox One and the PlayStation 4 sure. to, to, to their limits. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it was just a really excellent game to launch any console with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I can see where you're coming from. I'm just – I. You can also sort of imagine them just going the other way where it's just like, oh, it's the same game, but a little prettier. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah. I just, I hope that, I hope that the fact that like seven years ago, you know, day one patches and all that stuff was part of game and culture and it was there, but now it is just so expected and so ubiquitous that I'd like to see a developer sort of take advantage of that a little bit if they can. Ubiquitous is the key word there. It's Ubisoft, ubiquitous software. <laughs> uh, no, they—they. They, that what it stood for? Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. man, I have no idea. It's software everywhere, and they love being uh, launch titles. They love putting out. Is that actually true, or are you kidding? No, I'm dead no, serious. It used to be, yeah. yeah. They don't. It's the same thing with like IGN used to maybe mean Imagine Games Network, but now it doesn't mean anything. Ubisoft, they don't really consider to mean that anymore, but it did. I yeah. thought wow. it was just French. No? <laughs> ubiquitous is a pretty French-sounding English it's word. True. So I think for, technically it's ubiquitous software. Ubiquitous. Oh, yes. We don't. No, I don't want us to do that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, one thing I was talking about with Jonathan that I yeah. think is really interesting about this coming console generation, and I think somebody somebody got in my mentions about like saying that it was going to be incremental, and obviously it's going to be a leap forward hardware-wise. But I think just in the sheer nature of how things are with this, you know, transmission transition between consoles. There are a couple things that are different. For, for for starters, this is the first time that we've had like the potential for backwards compatibility mm-hmm. uh, since the PS2 to PS3. And there's two key differences between sort of what we're looking at now. Uh, one is uh, when you had a PS2 and you switched to PS3, uh, you wanted to bring your game library with you, but that was physical. Whereas uh, this time around... Uh, physical games is great, but we all have these giant like digital libraries, or presumably some of us do, which I think is there's that sense of if you're getting rid of, uh, if there's no backwards compatibility with digital games, 
you're like, well, what am I, am I just going to throw those out? And like, I remember, you know, the jump to 360 to Xbox one, like some of those carried over. They were pretty good about kind of making that, making good on that. But like, I don't know. I have like PS3 games. I will never play again because they're in a library somewhere that yeah. don't exist on that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is of course, games as a service. Uh, and I think that, you know, we've seen Assassin's Creed pivot very much that direction. Uh, Tom, it's interesting you bring up Destiny because that is like a, like that was, I've totally forgot that was on last gen. Mm-hmm. And I guess there was some kind of like cross-play account sharing thing going on there, maybe? I can't yeah, remember. I think the idea was that, <clears throat> excuse me, if you started your game on 360 or PS3, you'd be able to bridge your Guardian over to the new gen. Because I think it came out the year after those consoles launched, mm-hmm. like the September after. Right. So it was one of those things where like, hey, a lot of people still own these old consoles, so we want to make that work for people. But yeah, I think it's it's very likely we would see an Assassin's Creed that is that has the sort of the, the cross-platform part of it where it's like, hey, there's going to be faster load times and better graphics and more more pixels or whatever in the next version that NPCs are all they're, they're all they all have romance options or you know there's some there's some extra bell and or whistle we also on, sorry on on next on the next gen version but I think they also want to be like hey if you're not ready to make that leap yet like don't be afraid to invest time in this right now yeah you yeah. can't ignore a hundred million people who have a PS4 on one of the biggest franchises yeah. around and I do think a thing like uh, launch games seem to play into console gimmicks more than any other games do. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, definitely. So I expect a lot of these games, it'll be like on Assassin's Creed 4, it'll be like, see what happens when you actually pull the tension back of your Assassin's You want to know what it feels like when a hidden blade goes into somebody's, like, Adam's apple? There's <laughs> yeah, their thorax or whatever? Christ. PS5. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the cross-gen question, which I do want to get to a little bit more at large, is it's a weird one because... If you can buy this for PS4, will it play better on PS5? Do I need to buy the PS5 version for it to play better? If I buy it digitally, does it matter? Um, yeah, I mean, a big one is, was GTA, but there was no talk of the next-gen version when that when the last-gen version came out. Yeah. And everyone got really into GTA, GTA Online. I remember there was a point where they were like, hey, uh, if you're going to make that jump, make it now. Like, tr- transfer your stuff. You, you, yeah. have like a, you have a grace period to do so. Yeah. That That's the thing that... I'm waiting for either Sony or Microsoft to to announce is just say, hey, to, to your point about digital, every game you've purchased on PS4 is now is available right away for you to play on PS5 digitally day one. You can just download it. It's all there. All your save clouds work. And here's upgrades that are available because of PS5. Here are patches that we've been working with Ubisoft and Activision, yada, 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 and to make sure that they run even better even though at no cost to you beyond the system. Like, yeah. if somebody can just commit to that, that would be... A deciding factor mm-hmm. for so many people. Oh, man, oh yeah. it would yeah. be huge. Yeah. yeah, especially depending on what the exclusive library is, because at the end of the day, the reason to buy a console at launch and not wait for a price drop in a year or two is whatever is available to you then. Right. And if it's not most of the current library you can play, why would you want to upgrade unless it's your job to upgrade? Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from Assassin's Creed, another one that I think we'll see a cross-gen... Uh, ecosystem with Black Ops 5. Uh, so there were reports hmm. earlier this year that obviously the cycle wouldn't have a Black Ops next year, but there were reports from Kotaku that essentially issues behind the scenes of Call of Duty have caused Treyarch to take over the project. This is all alleged and not confirmed by Activision. Uh, and they're then putting the priority into making Black Ops 5 now. Uh, Black Ops as a franchise is on Google SEO trends, like as big as Call of Duty, like people associate the two as their own brands almost. So I think having Black Ops at the beginning of a generation, having Blackout, which became so much more popular than I think a lot of us were expecting at the launch of a generation, saying that ecosystem will be there for you on launch day. Makes a lot of sense. Call of Duty has been there for the launch of a lot of generations uh, with Xbox One and PS4. I think it was that funny thing of Ghosts was the launch title. And yep. people would do the comparisons where like in the 360 version, it's two like laundry machines in a room. And then the next gen version, it's like a full office oh, suite. Like, right. were, God, it was, was like night and day visual changes. And so like Call of Duty is no stranger to straddling the generation line. So I expect that to happen. This do, you, do you think, um, I mean, I don't want to get ahead of you on this list but I'm going to. Please. Um, do you think everything that's going to launch uh, on the PlayStation 5 will be cross-gen? This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. 
The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half-Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using MyVPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, third party maybe, but not first party. I think anything... It's really hard to say because, like, I do agree that this generation will be more incremental. I think it will be a slower start for a lot of people buying onto this new gen. I think a lot of this stuff has to be because the idea that you'd release a Call of Duty or, as I'll get to in a second, any of the major sports games on only the next – you just can't. You would lose so much money. Investors would be so angry. The player base would be frustrated. Like, it just doesn't make sense to, but at the same time – people need those familiar experiences on their next gen. Mm. Um, but that's that's exactly what my point is of like, I, I don't, I think you're right. I don't think it, there's any financial case to be made essentially for anyone to skip PS4 in 2020, right? Agreed, and you would, you, you would not want to. You wouldn't want to be that developer that's working on a launch title for like, you know, PlayStation 5 right. only. Except the for only, exclusives. The, and that's just thing. Yeah. But even the then, I still think it would be a bit of a, you know. Sony will throw the money at them. Like, you need yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, get that's the true. Yeah, yeah. The a only reason. way it makes yeah. financial sense is if it is Sony making it happen, yeah. whether that's a first-party game or them paying very heavily for an exclusive to only come to that system. Because they're going to need some of that to, to pull people over, like you're saying, Jonathan. Yeah. They need those draws. But it's definitely... It's it's a it's less enticing, I think, for developers to go from PS4 to PS5 than it is to go from PS3 to PS4, um, and and that's maybe what you're hinting at or implying when when you say incremental. It's like people can take that out of context and have it mean something more kind of harsh than you think. Mm. But that mm. it's just that the draw is not quite as much there for a lot of people when the PS4 is still a, a wonderful system with a lot of lively games, Massive and a lot of things base. coming out. Yeah, we've also seen the the shift. Like you know, we look at like games as a service as sort of like a bad a bad thing, but it's also stuff like uh, like Rainbow Six Siege or mm-hmm. or Fortnite or Destiny, where they're just like, yeah, we put out we put out a new thing in the in a box every two years, but in the space between those things, we like continue supporting it. And you know, you create a, a player ecosystem and you create like 
I mean, it's, it's, they're basically like little social networks where it's like, you have people who come here all the time and they hang out and they have friends and this is their, this is their activity. So like, why would you want to throw that out every, every time a new thing comes along? And like with, yeah, with, yeah, with. Well, and Siege is a great example too, because Siege, they've said that they're, they're going to keep updating that game for, I think it's like 10 years they first announced it. They said it's just going to live. They're not making a Siege 2. They're just going to keep updating this game. And I think Siege is a really good candidate for something like Ubisoft coming out and saying, hey, there's going to be a PS5 version of Siege on launch day, and it's going to have all these such and such and such improvements. Uh, Graphically, obviously, Mm -hmm. because you can't get too much because then you start having a competitive advantage and yada, yada, yada. But I think that's a very good candidate for something like that. Same with... I. I think games like Fortnite and everything else like those have to be there, if not at launch, pretty soon after. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, moving on from that, uh, one quick one, which I think we can all pretty much agree on: all the sports games, Madden, yep. FIFA, mm-hmm. NHL, NBA, will probably all be there. Uh, one from our own Brian Altano, who can't be with us because he's at a preview event, which we will not speak of at the moment. Um, this came from him: Bloodborne Remastered, and his reasoning here. I love it. I re- love it. The reasoning here is weirdly, Bloodborne is one of the only games like especially exclusive to not get a PS4 Pro upgrade patch. Like it didn't get one in the same way other first party games did that allowed it to play more smoothly on a PS4 Pro, have all the bells and whistles that a Pro gives you compared to a launch PS4. And it weirdly is neglected in that sense, even though that game is beloved and it's still talked about all the time. And Sony is well aware of the fandom of it. So doing a Bloodborne remastered would one, get you a really big name that you know everyone loves, give people a reason to pick it up again, which is always the big reason when you do a remaster. And it's probably not as big a lift as, say, working on Bloodborne 2. <laughs> see, I was going to say, I'd love to see Bloodborne 2 as a launch title. <laughs> do you think we will? Um, no, not realistically. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's definitely on my wish list because Bloodborne is, is one of those games where everyone's just like, oh, come on, like, please give us a sequel. Mm-hmm. It's my game of all time. Like, I just, I want more... Um, I will be uh, with with that said. I will be extremely satisfied with a with a Bloodborne remastered, and I you know I would actually get a PlayStation Five just for that. <laughs> like I know that's terrible. It's not like I'm swimming in money or anything. It's just like I, the idea of um, what that game will look like on a PlayStation Five makes me want to weep. I so mm, I'm definitely not the right person for that because I still haven't <laughs> finished the regular version. But if I'm like just, I keep being like I want when I'll finish that. Will I have children by then? Like, who knows? <laughs> Very possibly. Will Avatar 2 be out? Who knows? But like, I'm sort of chipping away at it and taking my time with it. And if they come out and they're like, hey, we're putting out a new, better version, I'll be like, can I bring my save file? And they'll be like, no. And no. I'll be like, no! Oh, I don't want to fight that horse again. <laughs> but but like, Brian's right in, in so far as like, that is a real no-brainer. Um, it's not, it wouldn't be, I mean, th- I say this with very little understanding of technology. You save as .ps5 and it's good to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it wouldn't, okay, it wouldn't be as massive. You a just frighten up the graphics on level four. <laughs> JPEG large. Um, it wouldn't be as massive a lift as Bloodborne 2, of course. Um, but it would be a, a, a really well-regarded name. Um, I would love to see that as a yeah. launch title. It'd be very interesting. I think it makes sense, and we'll get into more Sony uh, exclusive stuff now as we go through the list. One brief thing I want to mention, I'll kind of sandwich this. Uh, we know PSVR will still be supported on PS5. They're not announcing plans for a PSVR 2, it looks like right now, for launch. I assume that's going to probably come a year or two in. But I still think you need to give a reason for people to want to play PSVR on PS5. And my two guesses would be, and obviously they'd be cross-gen, Astrobot 2. Mm. and a new PSVR game, the first by Insomniac as a first party for PSVR. Uh, Insomniac has a big history with VR, some really great stuff that they've made for uh, other VR headsets. Astrobot is one of, if not the most beloved PSVR game. Those are two really easy wins to say, hey, they're available to play on PS4, but if you play them on PS5, they have X better graphics, they have X different controls, they do X, Y, and Z with the new bells and whistles we have at this console it just feels like a smart way to entice people a little bit more i don't think they'd be console sellers for anyone but as an additional thing and also just yeah like it's really important that sony is still supporting psvr because it is such a um investment for so many players yeah and i would hate it especially in, <clears throat> in this point of the playstation vr's life cycle for it to be replaced with some better version yeah, yeah. like it's we we still need more for that system. Well, also, it's it's worth pointing out that an upgrade to the hardware behind a PSVR headset 
is an upgrade to PSVR, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. it, it, if you have a better computer, you know, you can do better things with a Vive or an Oculus Rift. And it's it's the same here where the physical limitations of the PSVR, like you're still going to have the same uh, viewing angle, you're still going to have the same resolution in the headset, you're going to have the same PlayStation Move controllers for whatever games use those, but you could have games that are running better, running, like the actual graphics could be more dense, have more things in them, be more complex. Yep. Just from upgrading to a PS5 with the same headset, you you actually could conceivably get a jump in the quality of game yep. and the quality of your experience in yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on from that, though, did want to get to some of the bigger swings I'm taking, probably completely wrong. Yeah, those but, are the most fun. Uh, I think we're either going to get because I do think you need marquee Sony franchises at launch if you want people to buy this thing. Horizon 1 Dawn, the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, or a new Uncharted. So my two reasons for that, Horizon Zero Dawn, in terms of the big PS4 games we're waiting on sequels for, Horizon, God of War, Spider-Man, it's the one that was earliest to be released of yep. all of those. Uh, obviously, Gorilla has like a very strong base already with, the first game, um, and I don't think 2 will necessarily be a game where they radically throw out the formula, um, but they are powerhouses when it comes to showing hardware off as a studio gorilla, and they were at the launch of the PS4 with Killzone. I don't think they're going to go back to the Killzone well as a studio right now, maybe. That might be the alternative, but I do think we'll I see Gorilla. It. Yeah, I, I think they would do something, maybe even if it's like an in-between game, like a shorter Horizon experience. Yeah, I think... That I bridges think, the gap. I think in terms of... Um, the way that, that Gorilla operates as a studio, I think everything changed with Horizon Zero Dawn. Sure. I think it was very much like, okay, this is what we've traditionally done, um, and now we are going to take a, a massive risk. And it, 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 it did so well for them um, that I don't see them going back. Um, with that said, I also really don't want a full-length Horizon mm -hmm. Zero Dawn game to come out at launch just because I think that um, one of the things that was so magnificent about that game was truly the the technology behind it, the sort of the graphical prowess, that world that they were able, able to build. And not that I'm saying – I'm not saying that um, it wouldn't be spectacular as a launch title, but uh, I want it to sort of be in the mid – life cycle of the PlayStation 5 sure. where it's like everything mm -hmm. is just like every piece of of that game is singing at the height of the technology you know what I mean For I know sure. that's like a really like no, clumsy, clumsy yeah. way to explain it but like I want it to um I want there to be a lot of groundwork done on the PlayStation 5 first before that game comes out for sure that's an interesting one because how do you how do you upgrade that like how do you kick that up a notch like you don't want to more uh, NPCs I mean, I think that they're probably throwing some multiplayer angle or flying machines. There's just, only the one major flying. bird type, They were right? flying But you robots. couldn't fly. No, you could not ah. fly. Yeah, that's okay, what I'm saying. Okay, so like yeah. you, yeah. like mountable yeah. flying robots. No, I think that if they were like, like hey, now it's a little plane. Horizon with Friends or whatever, I think that's very possible. I hope it's called Horizon with Friends. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other take on that of just like a recognizable thing, Uncharted, uh, I think Lost Legacy proved you don't, one, need to do a Uncharted game with Nathan Drake in it. Two, it can be slightly smaller, but still ambitious and really fun. And three, even if Naughty Dog is focused on Last of Us and post-Last of Us support and probably whatever new thing they're working on after that, it doesn't mean someone else can't take the reins with Uncharted. Um, yeah. I, there have been rumors, whether or not they're true, that other studios are helping to continue the legacy of Uncharted and move it forward. Um, and so it wouldn't shock me to be like, Sony wants to have something that everyone loves who plays PlayStation games, and Uncharted is one of those games. <laughs> and so to yeah. have that there at launch in some capacity is not a bad way to get people to buy it, especially if you can't get it on PS4. Um, just a guess. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I kind of don't have anything to say about that because I think that's a pretty good case you just laid out oh, there. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> how conversational. Uh, moving on from that, the last one I do want to bring up before getting to your guys is a game from WB. My two big guesses would be Batman. Or Space Jam 2. Or Space the Jam 2, the game. official movie novelization, the game. <laughs> the visual novel. Yeah. Um, Batman or Harry Potter. There was that leaked Harry Potter RPG a year ago. Haven't heard a word about it since. WB still hasn't even confirmed it's real, which seems crazy. Um, if that game is really that long in production, I don't see why it wouldn't be coming to next gen. Probably cross gen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it also comes to PS5 as well. Similarly, Batman Arkham. Why not have a Batman game for next gen? Arkham like, damn near killed him. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I don't know why. Oh, I expect that from Lucy, oh, not from you. God. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, I just think WB has been so quiet on that AAA yeah. front. They've been focusing on Mortal Kombat and Lego recently, and they have so many big franchises. Use them. Like, put something out. Yeah, I think I think that like Arkham could be a good launch title, uh, especially. Because it's um, it's WB Montreal, right? That's the I mean, we assume they still haven't even. Well, said they hinted they, yes. they hinted at it That's recently. Who's hinting Batman? Um, that, was, that was weird, right? Yeah, oh, weird. and just nothing happened. The My hell was that? Is that they're just going to do a cryptic Batman tweet once a month for the next three years and never release again? Just have everyone frothing every single time they do it. Yep. <laughs> I like yeah. I, I like I I you know I um I'm not like even though I love the idea of you know this Batman Court of Owls kind of game that was hinted at um i also like it's not rock city so like for me it's like yeah cool have wb montreal make a batman game i know that this is really rude because like i do have faith it's just that you know arkham origins was what it was it wasn't part of that good you know magnificent trilogy um so yeah why not i think that sounds great i would be all in we shall see. I, I hope some of those games will come out. I have a feeling at least half of those are totally wrong. But uh, <laughs> do want to do some rapid-fire ones before I go to you guys for any other guesses. Uh, these all come from the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash Podcast Beyond. I asked everyone in there one game they want to see at the launch of PS5 and one game they think they will see at the launch. Patrick said he wants the order 1993. Hell yes. The huh. order 1990, not like 1873 or like, you it. know, the, I love it. the year after 1867 or whatever. 1993. Uh, he thinks we will get Knack the Third. <laughs> I appreciate it being Knack the Third. Knack the Third, Knack yeah. Third it, it takes nice. the Shrek nomenclature. It's or, just or, slightly uh, irritating enough. Yeah. Knack the Third. It's also uh, Saints Row the Fourth, right? Or oh, yeah. The, the Saints Row the Third. The third, also, yeah. okay. They did all that. Uh, several people, including uh, Ulysses and Buddy, both said they expect the Horizon Zero Dawn sequel at launch. Mm. Uh, Ulysses wants a Resistance trilogy remaster, and Buddy said he wanted a PlayStation All-Stars sequel. Well, Do you? <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. to be mean. If you want that, that's great. You can, yeah, you can want that. <laughs> uh, Ken said they want a new MotorStorm but they expect, yes! expect a new Ratchet and Clank. You'd be down for a I, new MotorStorm? Sorry, I love MotorStorm. <laughs> I love those trucks that go so fast they blow up. <laughs> Give me more of those trucks. <laughs> Try not to swear about MotorStorm. It's hard. I love those trucks. <laughs> uh, Yair said he wants Summoner 3 or a Summoner remake. I think you're the only person who put that. So wow. awesome. Thinks we will get NBA 2K21. Sad face. I mean, it's a safe bet. Yeah. Um, hmm, let's see what else we have here. James wants next uh, Ratchet and Clank game. We'll see Horizon 2. We got a lot of those. Uh, that would make everyone real mad if they made <laughs> Ratchet and Knack. <laughs> Combine the universes. Together yeah. at last. The yeah. crossover you never knew you needed. <laughs> the biggest ones that I've seen over and over have been Horizon Zero Dawn sequel and a Ratchet and Clank sequel. Hmm. Okay. Um, I do feel like Ratchet and Clank... If it comes out, probably could come out on PS4 also. It feels like they put so much effort into making that new reboot for PS4. It can't hurt to also put that on PS4. Um, But having that as an exclusive, that said, would be nice to have. Uh, But from you guys, before we move on topic-wise, what is a game you want or think we will see at launch that we have not mentioned or have mentioned? All right, I just came up with another one just then. Um, so this definitely will not happen because it would be physically impossible. So this is definitely a, a, a wish. Um, but I would actually really like a Days Gone 2 on What kind of game are you trying to play over here? Listen. <laughs> you try to kill that game l- with your words. Listen to me. So the thing is about Days Gone is that I thought that, like, there were, there were some great ideas in that game. And there was buried under layers of... Uh, I'm not going to say what I want to say. Buried under layers of not so good stuff. Of um, freaker bodies. Of freaker bodies. There, <laughs> there were some really good ideas. And I think that it felt, to me, it felt very half-baked. But, like, it didn't feel like a total misfire. Mm. Like, it felt like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fully realized. And so I would love to see a Days Gone 2. I mean, it doesn't have to be a launch title. I would just eventually love to see a Days Gone 2 where those ideas, those great ideas that that, that sort of formed you know, a lot of the sort of core threads of that game um, were more properly realized on a on a beefier system. Hmm. And uh, like on that note, I think 
that's one of those games where it's the like Assassin's Creed syndrome where Assassin's Creed 2 was such a step up. But in terms of like PS4 exclusives, I tweeted about this before the weekend, but I was like, hey, who would want an order sequel? Yeah. That that is another game where it has a lot of really good ideas in it. It sets up such cool story stuff. The world is interesting, the lore is great. Definitely. And then it just wasn't that great of a game to play. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I think the thing with Days Gone is it does have so many like interesting ideas. That it's got some make. great ingredients. It yes. just didn't it was just a bit of a like a flop on the eating. Like, yeah. Hmm. A flop on the eating, Lucio Brian. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not a flop. It didn't all I, you know, come what, together. What did That's I a call? terrible I gave, series of words. I gave it, I, gave, I sort of hate flop myself. Flop on the eating. <laughs> what? How did I put those words together? Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was like, you know, it was, it was okay. It was fine. It was sort of like the kind of meal afterwards you were like, oh, like I sort of hate myself for eating that, but like I'm full. I mean, it, uh-huh. the time sure. I spent with it, it struck me as like if you were making a, a stew and you couldn't quite get the taste right, so you kept adding more ingredients, and yeah. in the end, you had like a large pot of something that wasn't really great, like it had a lot of like just heaps of salt. Yeah, yeah or like just, just heaps yeah. of salt, like and then, oh, you, and then you just keep like trying nothing. to scale everything up. Anyway, flop people are all, I can hear people getting mad at us for for speaking ill of that game, but no, seriously, like video game sequels are frequently better than their predecessors. Like that's and right, that's, and and we're so fortunate in that regard that like, and especially for a game that did as well as Days Gone, um, you know, the, it, it 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 does strike me as being like a no brainer for a sequel. So yeah. why not? I like the direction they're going with all the DLC support. With yeah. The, yeah, we got I, golf carts and jumps and yeah. stuff like. I know that there's a lot of like <laughs> gritty bad boys out there who wouldn't want to hear this, but get silly. Yeah, <laughs> get I, nuts I, there. One of the biggest problems for that game was I think how super serious its story beats could be, and it didn't really feel to give it much personality. So yeah, I, I would love them to play that up in the sequel. I think we will get one at some point. Max, mm-hmm. anything else that we haven't named? I mean, I love the order thing. I would. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Metal Gear. I don't. I mean, there's probably not much. There would definitely be a, a, an ethical dilemma of do I <laughs> do I give Konami money for a remaster of a video game that does not have Kojima's name on it? Like yeah. who knows? But I mean, if they were like we're always we've been muttering about that Blue Point uh, project that's apparently very ambitious and huge. And if I don't know, like maybe this is a long shot, but maybe Sony was like, "Hey Konami, realistically, are you going to do anything with that Metal Gear license?" And if they just bought it and scooped it up and made like, if they made it a PlayStation exclusive again, just produced by yeah. Kojima Productions. I don't know. They're they're buddied up with him. Like yeah. maybe they're like, hey man, when you're done with that baby nonsense, why don't you come over here and make Snake come back again? They just made a Silent Hill slot machine, so I think they both a are not doing anything with Metal Gear, and b will never give up the Metal Gear license. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They turned yeah. it into slot machine. Well, it's a p- slots yeah, pachinko. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nothing says silence like the sound of a slot machine. <laughs> uh, Tom, what? PS5 game would you want to see it launch? I have no good answers for this. All right, get off the show. I had one that I'd love to see, but I know won't happen, uh, which is I'd love for them to at least around launch announce uh, Baldur's Gate 3 for PS4 or PS5. It's just coming Um, to PC right now, It's currently only its plans are PC, but Larian, the developers of Divinity Original Sin who are making it, have been extraordinarily good about bringing Divinity Sin, Original Sin 1 and 2 to consoles with like really good controller support isn't that a stadia launched game or it's not i think they're doing something with stadia but they announced it it's not like an exclusive to stadia or anything like that um i'd love to see some and this is just the pc person in me coming out but i'd love to see some like non-console traditional stuff getting throwing their support towards ps5 i think that would be really really cool to have larian say hey you know what we're still working on this for pc but like it's going to launch first on ps5 or something like that i think i I, that would make me really really happy to see that yeah yeah i i think there's a lot about the launch of the ps5 and the launch window that we can only guess at right now. Um, so obviously, throughout the next year, we will be talking a lot leading up to the PS5 launch on IGN, on Beyond, on all the platforms we exist on, Snapchat, Friendster, TikTok, whatnot. So anyway, moving on from that, I do want to talk about the PS5. I wanted to ask you all one thing, uh, and this starts with a question from a listener who wrote in to Beyond at IGN.com, which you can write into with your questions, memory card stories, and everything else you want to say about the show, and we'll read that stuff on the show, unless it's real mean. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Urkan wrote in, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, and said, with the PlayStation 5 being officially announced 
that he wrote it on the day it was announced the title uh, of the system. What does this mean for games being released in 2020? Would you anticipate a decline in PS4 software sales as people would rather wait to play these games on the new hardware or even remastered upgraded versions dedicated specifically for the PS5? And I want to talk kind of at large. We touched on it a bit with some of the like cross-gen ideas, but do we think the transition is going to be strange going to PS5? Like this is, mo we're moving generations in a way that we haven't before with how much people have invested in specific games, in specific libraries, and the fact that we know those things can carry over in a way they haven't been able to before as easily and as immediately. So just to start off the bat, like, are we, are you guys feeling like we need to jump onto the PS5 next year? Like, have you seen enough to want to be like, yep, yeah, it's time to go for PS5? No. I mean, no, but, you know, all we've got to go with so far are very dry numbers and words. Like, we haven't actually seen anything in action, and I think that's going to change a lot of people's minds, um, <clears throat> uh, especially when it comes to things like loading times and stuff like that. Like, for me, that's going to be a big deal breaker. Uh, I forget what it was. Like, it, it, the Spider-Man demo that yeah. was described in the Wired interview where it was, like, something that took 15 seconds to load before just happened in an instant. Under a second. Um, that, that, for me, is, is a massive draw card. So if I see that in action, you know, I'm going to be very seduced. Would, for you guys, because, uh, Max, you were shaking your head, like, not so much ready for PS5. I have been saying for the last, like, three years that I'm finally <laughs> going to upgrade to 4K, and I, I swear I'm going to do it this year and <laughs> finally understand what the, the PS4 Pro is capable of on my television screen. Oh, but my I'm God, Max. I downgraded. So I had a 4K TV in Australia, um, and I, you know, it was gorgeous and when i moved over here i had to you know leave yeah. behind and now i've got your tv from your um den <laughs> Which stole my, did i give you tv <laughs> yeah you did oh okay i cool. it off you give it or oh, yeah. take it but it's like it's like oh wow you yeah, know well, it's like touching god and then you know bit crashing down to earth sorry the tv <laughs> i have sucks <laughs> Thank you very much for your television. I'm very grateful. No, I like, I, I don't know. That was, I don't know. I like, I, somebody, again, somebody who was, was like crashing with us, like left the, their TV and I was like, oh, this is like three inches big. Oh, it's so much sort of clearer. And it's like, I still need to get a 4K TV. Again, like the graphics are only going to like, it's, my eyes are going too. I need to wear glasses. Like it's just, it's reaching <laughs> a point where I'm just sort of like, I don't know. It's okay. I'm fine. It loads fast enough. Yeah. It's cool. I don't, I, I don't know what they're going to do with, with next gen stuff that just makes me go. Oh, and it's like <laughs> there, there, there will totally be something because I'm pathetic, and I will in inevitably be like, "Oh, that's shiny," or "Oh, the controller is shaped cooler." You know, like there's that thing that that thing that switches on where you're like, "Ooh, that's newer," you know. And it's in the same way that you'll see like a you'll see like a new version of a thing you already have, and you're like, "Oh, mine is covered in dust, and I hate it." <laughs> like, I <w> <laughs> yeah, I haven't used it for. Seven years, but I want the new version. I want <laughs> I want to upgrade my PSVR because it might have the old one that you have to plug the headphones into the dongle on the cord <laughs> as opposed to the back of the neck or whatever. And I'm like, that, that other one's cooler. Like, it's yeah. so stupid. And on, on some level, I'm like, no, we totally don't need, like, because we're at this wonderful sweet spot in this generation where uh, developers have had so much time to get used to this current hardware. Uh even the, the hardware manufacturers have given a little bit of an extra boost with with the PS4 Pro and, and the One X, and there's just there's ongoing support for games, and there's like I don't like I, 8K doesn't I don't care about that. Uh, I guess load times are cool. They're going to do new stuff with clouds probably. <laughs> I don't want another subscription service. Like I just want to see what I want the games that are coming out next year. They're like we have. There's such a wonderful history of the some of the best games ever coming out at the tail end of a hardware life cycle. Well, yeah, we recently compared 2013 to what's coming up next year. 2020 is nuts. They're very comparable in terms of like just how stacked they and are. And we, we don't even have what next-gen games are going to be. Yeah. And, and that's, that's to the point or to the question. Like, there, I feel like that happens sort of that lull before when it, between when a console is announced and a console is released is always palpable to a certain extent. Uh, definitely console sales go down. People stop buying PS4s in anticipation of PS5s. Um, but like you said, I think that there's a reason that every major game you've been excited for for the last year and a half is coming out in the spring of 2020, right? Because all of these games are trying to just land so that they don't have to be cross-gen, yeah. so that they can come out right there before that hits, just blow off 2020, and then, like, or blow up 2020, and then when the, the new consoles come in later... 
then that will sort of restart. Here's a question for you. When are we going to see GTA 6? Yeah. Never. Well, we That's saw GTA one. 5 in 2013, right? Like, yep. it was... Yeah. And it sold incredibly well on the tail. Like, you wait until there's a massive group of people who have your console and you release something they care about. And then you sell it to them again when the new thing comes out and they want to have, you know, peyote and cats walking around. I don't, I don't in think In the gamer... A little bit of both. Okay, I was specifically speaking about GTA specifically. <laughs> I don't think we're anything closer than two to three years away from a GTA. Series. Yeah, I agree. I think that Red Dead was their full, full attention, mm. and there's they're going to need to switch gears and then do whatever they do, probably terrible crunch to pump that out. Um, I yeah, I think that Red Dead was the reason we haven't seen anything about GTA Six is because of Red Dead. Yeah, and Red Dead is still such a massive focus for right. that team. They're um, still pushing they online. Yeah, yeah, online and then the PC port of it. Uh, I'm trying to pull up a list just to see in between games, but uh, the Wikipedia list of Rockstar games also includes every re-release, so it's going to be hard for me to find specific <laughs> games. Wait, wait, what was that one? Is that Valentine? Grand Theft Auto Online, Be, Be My, my Valentine. Valentine. This wiki list is muddled. You should go to the IGN wikis for more. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I did want to just circle back a little bit before we get to uh, some memory card stuff of that the weird cross-gen nature of this gen versus last gen because we are at a point where people can just keep playing Fortnite. They can play, Max, you and I talked about this, Fortnite on their phones. Like, <laughs> you don't need to play Fortnite on PS5 to have a good experience with it. Um, and when dozens of millions of people are playing it, how do you get people to buy into these launch games? Like, do you think we're really going to see a big push for exclusive hardware exclusive or exclusive software excuse me exclusive features like what's going to be the thing that they do to push ps5 at launch to get people to not just stick with their systems look Pure we're science. not marketers Jonathan. <laughs> i know Why are you but asking speculate. Us? Um, moving on anyway <laughs> <laughs> i don't I, it's a hard question right yeah. Yeah. like and i think that the reason there's partly this sort of silence is because it's it's probably one that Sony's thinking about right now yeah. too. I don't think that, like you said, this is a this is a gen switch that is sort of unprecedented in how much people are still attached to the thing that is before. Yeah, and it's new territory in terms of how do they do this? How do they convince people? Because right now their strategy seems to be cryptic hardware announcements of very specific things through Wired. No shade at Wired, just like it's it's it's. I don't think they know the answer yet either, and they they seem to be experimenting and trying different things, and I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. in the beginning of next year on PS4, you're going to be able to play The Last of Us Part Two, Watch Dogs Legion, Doom Eternal, Gods and Monsters, um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Cyberpunk 2077. Goodness. Things that don't have release date, or Marvel's Avengers as well. Things Watch that don't Dogs have, Legion. Watch Dogs. Things that don't have release dates like uh, Persona 5, uh, The Royal. Uh, and, uh, you know, whatever else gets announced in the next few months. But, like, there's so much still to come on PS4. But remember, when the PS5 launches, all of those games shut off forever. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're yeah. right. I, so, sorry. I forgot about that Silly whole me. thing. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> anyway, good luck if you own a PS4 in the fall of 2020. Uh, but, yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a very interesting year to watch. And I think seeing how the companies have been revealing information so far, it has been a very slow, quiet trickle that I think is really going to escalate in the next few months. And it'll be very exciting to cover mm -hmm. on the show. But before we uh, wrap up everything beyond this week, did want to do some memory card. The right sound effect. What instrument was that? That noise, that little <laughs> flute? Uh, it was a bandana being played in the wind. Oh. What? Is that you can do that? <laughs> Maybe. That like when you put like a piece of grass between your fingers and yeah, make a rooster it makes sound, a noise. you have to do yeah. a bandana. Okay. Uh, anyway, Memory Card is our weekly segment where you, the viewers and listeners at home, write in with your funny, weird, wacky, sad, happy stories of your gaming life, and we read them on the show. This week, because we were talking so much about the PS5 launch, I reached out to everyone on Twitter and asked for your memories of the PS4 launch. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I do want to get to any memories you might all have of the PS4 launch. Did want to get to one from IGN's former employee, Mitch Dyer. Who wrote Whoa. in? Whoa. He's not here. I anymore. love you, Mitch. Harsh. <laughs> Mitch said, I think we stacked all of our PlayStations that got shipped to the office on launch day for a photo. Uh, maybe Andrew Goldfarb or Greg Miller still have it somewhere. Did we do an article? It ruled. Andrew applied uh, with an image I unfortunately can't pull up on the show at this moment as we're recording, but it's Andrew lying on a bunch of Amazon boxes like uh, the dude in Breaking Bad season five. Ah, uh, nice. Um, 
Anyway, moving on from that, there is an article actually on IGN where you can go read about them unboxing everything. Tom wrote in, Tom Marks wrote in and said, I convinced my parents to pay for half of it because then I was buying the game half and they were buying the Blu-ray player half. Tom, how old were you when the PS4 came out? I don't remember. I thought you said the PS3. It was a mistake, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, I was like, what? What are you trying? Are you you like a 12-year-old boy? Uh, You put yourself on blast when you wrote that on Twitter. That's really cute. Uh, Oh, I want to ruffle your head. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Cardi from the IGN UK office, and I promise this isn't all just IGN place. Uh, wrote, I couldn't get one and waited miserably every day until I could. Aww. Uh, Aaron wrote in and said, I was a broke college student going through a rough time around the PS4's launch. Not only could I not afford one, I also wasn't feeling very motivated. The morning after launch day, I woke up to a box on my bed with a note that read, You deserve this more than you know, Mom. It turns out my mom spent the entire day before looking for one she could buy. She drove miles from city to city trying to find one with no luck. In a last-ditch effort, she visited a local mom-and-pop shop here in Long Beach called Gameplay, and they had two left in stock. Yay! That's such a nice story. It's a very sweet story. Uh, Solid Slug... Titan shoulder pads, wrote in and said, I took the day off work to play it. Delivery driver never landed till what would have been two hours after my shift ended. Then the dreaded install of Killzone and Battlefield 4. Yo, that's the thing we all have to prepare ourselves for now is you get a new console and you're excited to play it and then you do five hours of updates and don't actually play it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, At Just Click It, uh, because everyone has Halloween names, so I'm not going to read all those, said, my roommates at the time had a race to see who could get theirs first. I bought mine at Walmart, and they bought and went right across the street to GameStop. They arrived 20 minutes after me. We then started them and proceeded to update for over an hour. Needless to say, we all lost that day. <laughs> uh, do any of you, as I look for a couple more stories, do any of you have memories of the PS4 launch? Did you buy one on launch day? Did you wait after, Tom? I know your PS4 came much later. Yeah, no, I didn't buy a PS4 until uh, the Pro, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was much, much later. Um, I was just using my PS3 mainly for a lot of things, and then I sort of drifted towards PC for a long time and came back to PS4, and I'm really glad I did, but I just remember people, and this is not new to, or unique to the PS4, but I remember people doing those videos of, like, buying one and then going to the back of the line and smashing it in front of everybody. That's what sticks out in my mind. Wow, that's right? terrible. Just, yeah. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard. Internet videos, not w- me seeing I went to the midnight launch on the uh, GameStop on Market Street, rest in peace. Um, that was, and it was weird because it wasn't really, that was sort of in the in the days of people pre-ordering stuff online and I don't, people, there weren't that many people there. It was kind of like low key. I think I, I, I think I just started working at uh, Destructoid like full time and doing video stuff for them, and I was like, I'll shoot some stuff at the. We just like went and tried to shoot videos, but it was like maybe eleven people there or something. <laughs> so I was like, this isn't really that exciting. This isn't what people expect from midnight launch. And I didn't buy one that day. Uh, I think I was like, well, there's nothing really there yet. There's nothing really grabbing me, and it's there was a lot of stuff. I'd like previewed a ton of things and covered them all, and I was like, there's some, there's gonna be cool stuff, but it's not, it's not out yet. And then I think I just got bored enough and was like, all right, screw it. And I took like a literal garbage bag full of other gaming peripherals and, and <laughs> nonsense and just took it back to that same GameStop and was like, take, please, take my Connect, <laughs> Take my seven Udraw tablets I got at some THQ event, rest in peace. Um, for me, the PS4, I was living in New York at the time and it was coming out. Uh, it was very cold. Uh, since it was November, and they were doing a launch event like a day or two before launch uh, somewhere downtown. You basically had to go in line. You couldn't pre-order it at this event. It was just stand in line, and the first X hundred people will get PS4s. So I went to go do that. Two of my friends, I was working at my college newspaper at the time, two of my friends from the newspaper came with me to stand in line, freezing cold. We were in line for upwards of three hours from at least like 8 p.m. until at least 11 p.m. The line was slowly getting forward, but there were at least another 200 people in front of us. Um, and they, we were, there was a lot of chatter going on the line, all in the line, people from the back of the line talking to the front of like, will we get a PS4? Will this happen? And we were right around the point in the line where it was like a big maybe. Like there was, mm-hmm. it was probably within like 40 to 50 units of whether or not we were going to get one. 
And the other problem was my friend who came with us, he came on a whim. He wasn't wearing socks, and it was sub-freezing temperatures what? in New York. Interesting decision. And games aren't worth that. His, he was just there for fun. He, didn't, he doesn't even really was play video games. Was he wearing shoes? He was wearing shoes, but not socks. What a sick um, man. <laughs> Is he okay? He's, he's good, yeah. He's, he's having a thriving career. He's, he's better doing now? Well. He's doing very well. Good. Uh, but anyway, he came with us. His feet were freezing, and I was worried about frostbite for him, and I also didn't want to stand in line by myself because I had class at 8 a.m. the next day. Mm -hmm. So after standing in line for four hours, we left, and I didn't get a PS4. Immediately went home, went on to Amazon, and was able to buy one. That's crazy. (laughs) Came came two days later, but the thing about it was I waited home that day for it. It was like continued problems. I waited home that day. You know, it was taking forever, still being on the way, still being shipped. At like 5.55 p.m. at my apartment building, I was there. It said failed to deliver. No one was available to pick it up. And so you can pick it up at the local UPS shipping center, but the only UPS shipping center downtown for me was all the way across town. I was living on 1st. It was over on 12th, so essentially the entire width of New York City. So I had to go over there at 8 p.m. They're like, here's a number. We'll call you when it's ready. There were like four other people in there. It took two hours of (laughs) waiting. Wow, that is so painful. It's a nightmare. Then I went home and played the PS4 finally, and it was fun because I had Resogun. But yeah, that was that was quite a struggle. To you know what? I am just I've just been thinking this whole time as everyone's been talking, I do not remember getting a PS4 for the first time. I remember getting a PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm. I remember getting a PS3, PS2, PS1. I remember getting a Vita. I do not remember getting a PlayStation 4. I I got one. I didn't get it at launch. I got it like maybe 2 months after launch. Um, I have not it was clearly such an unspectacular sale <laughs> that I don't remember it. Yeah. Um, like I just have, I've got nothing. Um, sorry, PlayStation Four. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I love the console. Just you just can't remember just when can't it came Can't remember to life. actually buying it. Well, Max, Max is right. Midnight launches are not what they used to be, man. Yeah, they, they, they suck. They used to be these events. I mean, why would you, you got to go out in the cold? And yeah. you could also just get it brought to your house and. You make up an excuse to not go to work where you're like, oh, yeah, my cat has an ear infection and you're really just waiting for an Amazon delivery. You you know what was worse than um, going to a midnight launch is working a midnight launch. So I worked in the midnight launch for the PlayStation 3 and for the first expansion for WoW. Um, I was working at EB Games in Melbourne. Whoa. And um, I remember it was so, oh, just, (laughs) oh, like just... So miserable. And I remember, you know, like we shut the, I was working in a mall at the time. We shut the thing down and like there was this guy and he, you know, we'd emptied the till so everything was locked away and he wanted this copy of Burning Crusade or whatever. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, and it, like we're closed. We, there's nothing we can do. And he burst into tears and I was just like, I'm never doing another one of these. Oh, ones. no. <laughs> oh, my God. Never, ever. Uh, speaking of working a midnight launch, a couple other stories to wrap these up from fans on Twitter. Brittany wrote in and said, I was pregnant and was with my husband for a midnight launch. I kept having to go pee, but luckily I worked for the Best Buy we were at, so I didn't have a problem with them letting me in and out. Otherwise, that would have been a long night. Uh, oh, one final long story from Angel. Uh, Angel wrote in and said, I live in Mexico, so when the PS4 came out, it was quite expensive for us. There was this person who bought a bunch of consoles and resold them over here for a much lower price. It was all legit. He gave me the console with its ticket and a bill from Best Buy in California. <laughs> Even though I knew it sounded kind of fishy, I took the risk. Risk, excuse me. So I was the first one among my friends and family to get a PS4. This was just a few days after the launch. So I organized a launch party sort of thing. I invited friends, my brother, and a couple of cousins over. When everyone had arrived and it was all settled, we unboxed the thing together. It was all there. We passed around the controller to feel it for the first time, and the same for the console. I bought Killzone Shadowfall as my first PS4 game, so we opened that as well. Everything was going all right until I plugged it in, and oh, the horror, it didn't want to turn on at all. You could just see the blue light for a few seconds and hear the beeping sound, and then nothing. So after trying many things, like plugging it in different places and seeing... That it was all useless. We had to play some PS3 games that afternoon. I can't describe the shame I felt for not being able to make it work after being so cocky with the people there about my bright new console. I contacted the guy who sold it to me, and he just said to contact Sony directly. I was afraid they wouldn't do anything since the console was bought in a U.S. store, but fortunately, they picked up the console with no problem and returned it home a few days later, working like a charm. It's still to this day something my friends make fun of me for, but I remember it like a teaching lesson kind of funny story. Cute. I like that. Yeah, I, like I love that. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the key thing about new hardware is that it's really, really boring if you don't have any games. 
It's true. Or if it doesn't turn on. Mm -hmm. you know? But I love that thing where you like get the new thing, like, yeah, cool, and you take it out of the box, and you're like, that's a controller. Sure wish I was playing the new game on yeah. there. You know? My <laughs> Xbox One, the first Xbox One I got was um, faulty. I had to take it back. <sighs> and that was my first console of this generation. Man. Yeah, it was like... Very disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, it was like that disk drive problem. Oh, it was like, yeah. 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 I had that. Can't wait to find out what the PS5 and Xbox 2 do wrong yeah. when they launch. <laughs> um, before we wrap up, quickly, just want to mention what we're playing. Tom, I will get to you in a second because you have two very relevant games to mention that are coming oh, yes. out this week that you're not playing currently but have played in uh, Love and Exalt. Max, have you been playing anything? Been a bit quiet? Fighting that damn spider in Blood Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still making I it through. I hate him. It's her. It's awful. <laughs> I'm just... I'm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week for Max continued report about Bloodborne. Lucy, have you been playing anything? Um, <clears throat> just living a quiet life? Living a quiet life. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, two games are coming out this Yo, week for PS4. It's a very Tom week. You have loved and won't shut up about because they came to PC and other consoles first. Ooh, Whoa, look at me. No, no, I'm no, no, Tom. No. Not, the, not the second one. Not Oberdin. No, but Outer Wilds mm -hmm. did. Yes. So anyway, Outer Wilds and The Return of Oberdin are both coming to PS4 this week. Yes! Tom, tell us briefly why people out there should play these games if they haven't. Oberdin, the Return of the Oberdin so good. was probably my favorite sort of mystery adventure detective game of 20. 18 and Outer Wilds is my favorite mystery detective adventure game of 2019 and they are both coming out this week on PS4. Um they're just these phenomenal atmospheric adventure games where Oberdin is all it's one bit they say so there's only ever black or one color on the screen at once and that sounds really annoying but it's actually pretty cool to look at. It gave Sam uh, Sam Claiborne a headache, but it... Yeah, it, I was so surprised because I just, I loved it. Yeah, the art style yeah. is great. And basically what you're doing is you're, you go onto a boat that has rolled into shore after being missing like for three years at sea, and you're not trying to solve the mystery of that. You're literally an insurance evaluator, and so you just have to go around. You have a magic, uh, I can't remember what it's called, like a magic compass basically that lets you relive the moment someone died and what you have is you have a you walk up to their corpse and you have a black screen where you can hear all of the audio that plays for like maybe 30 seconds before they die and then you hear a bang or a boom or a stab or a scream or whatever killed them and it freezes and everything comes into view and you can see the exact moment they were killed and everything else is silent, everything else is frozen, and you have to look around and see, like, okay, and sometimes it's really clear, sometimes you have a person who's just stabbing them, and you're like, oh, okay, they got stabbed. Like that, It's a common, that rewind thing is quite common in video games, but I can't express enough how stylishly it's done in yeah. this game, and yeah. also how clever the puzzles are. Yeah, and so the whole game is about going around and finding, you have a ledger of the entire crew, and you have to go through and say, this person was killed this way by this person, and or by this monster, or whatever it is and it's just wonderful it is absolutely one of my favorite games i've played in in years i need to play that it's um, so good you'll love it yeah the flip of this also i would i just want to point out i think it's hilarious that a black and white game would give sam claiborne a headache when he repairs pinball machines for a living <laughs> right. which are sarcophaguses that sound like broken fire engines <laughs> uh the other game that's coming out this week that i wanted to shout out was the outer or not the outer wilds just outer wilds <laughs> Not yeah. the Outer yes. Worlds. The Outer Worlds is Comes out RPG next week. coming by Obsidian. What about the Outer Worlds? <laughs> outer Wilds is a space game uh, that's been out a bit on other platforms where it's a space exploration game where you fly out into a... It's all handcrafted, like a handcrafted uh, solar system of, I think it's like six or seven planets. Uh, and you just can fly to any of them. And I won't spoil the why, but the whole game is on a 20-minute loop, roughly 20 minutes. Every 20 minutes, it resets, and you wake up at the beginning of the game. Um, and you have to go out and keep solving these mysteries. And there's nothing in the game that you like. There's no leveling up. There's no upgrades. Everything is just, you'll read these stories and you'll find these clues that lead you to another place. And then once you've covered something, you don't have to go back there usually. Uh, and you just have to try to unravel the story of like what's happening and why it's happening and try to get through it. And it's very, very self-driven, but 
the, the best way I saw it put, and this might not be as play as well with a PlayStation audience, but it's somebody said it was like taking that sort of wow moment that you have when you, if you played Breath of the Wild, where you mm. see a dragon for the first time, where you're like, oh my god. And it's just off in the distance, and it's yeah. like, yeah. And you're like, I can't believe this is in this mm. game. It's that made into a game. So, like, every planet you ha- go to has five of those moments where you're just like, what is going on? This is incredible. I would say it's like a manageable, bespoke No Man's Sky on a much smaller scale. Right. And instead of just like grinding for resources, you're trying to piece together whatever has gone on in this solar system. Yeah. It's not, it's not. There's no, yeah, there's no resource. I played a bunch of this on Xbox. Sorry. Um, Yeah, me too. (laughs) Sorry. I really, I really wanted to like it, but I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. Yeah. I just, the the aesthetic is so like just, it's like if you made a list of things I don't like looking at, and then you, <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's uh, a rustic wooden spaceship piloted by things that look like they came out of a DreamWorks movie. That's actually not a bad way of putting and it. Banjo no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's like camping in space, pretty yeah. much, is the style. No, it's, I mean, it's I cute, and a lot of people, I'm, makes, I'm glad people like it, so. Uh, Outer Wilds is now available. Oberdin comes out on October 18th. Yes. So, yeah, you can Both games you should look forward to. Two Tom's beloved games. Ah, uh, seriously, two of my favorite games in the last two years, and they're both coming out the same week, and it's really, really great. And we'll have plenty more games to talk about in the weeks to come. As we mentioned, The Outer Worlds is coming out later in October. Uh, After Party comes out in October, obviously, uh, Medieval is at the end of October as well. Death Stranding in November. We have a lot of games to come uh, in the weeks to come. I said that twice. Yeah. But anyway, don't worry about that. What you should worry about is that when you're not listening or watching Beyond, we are doing a bunch of other stuff. So head to IGN.com, head to YouTube.com slash IGN for all of the content we're producing, all the amazing features, written previews, reviews, news, hilarious videos with AI news. Oh, yeah. Please go check that out. Uh, Brian and I did a new show where we uh, we literally found an AI that does like computer generated speech and we started punching in like headlines for video game related news stories <laughs> and then read the the preceding it's so results. Good. Batman it's so can't funny. stop farting around Just, children. Yes, that, type in yeah. Batman can't stop farting on the on the search engine and I'm sorry <laughs> in advance and good luck with that one. It's so funny. You should definitely check it out. Uh but of course in addition to checking all of that stuff out, you can find us on Twitter. Tom is at Tom R. Marks. I am at J.M. Dornbush. Lucy is at Lucy O'Brien, L-U-C-E O'Brien. Mm-hmm. And Max is at Max Scoville. Beyond is live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific at beyond.igm.com, youtube.com slash IGM Beyond, and your favorite podcast services around the world. Remember, you can write into beyond.igm.com with stories and comments and questions and whatnot. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening or watching. And as always, Beyond. 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 Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.